welcome to the Science Allies podcast, a product of the Alliance for Science conversation with our global ecosystem of scientists, communicators, decision makers and activists, all working to build resilience and better futures for communities around the world. to this episode of Science Allies. It's my great pleasure to welcome my Zambian brother here who has come for the NAP Expo. NAP stands for the National Adaptation Plans and it's critical to the work that's being done for uh, building green and resilient futures. So I'm really thrilled to have him here and please introduce yourself and your role at the Ministry of Green Economy. Thank you very much and also I really appreciate for having me here and it's really been a a great journey through the sessions that we are having on the NAP Expo. Uh, my name is Cassandra Wunder, I uh, come from Zambia and I work for the Ministry of Green Economy and Environment in the Green Economy and Climate Change Department and um, the Principal Climate Change Officer who is in charge of adaptation in the country. So I implement and also see the coordination in terms of uh, the climate change activities in my department. Thank you. That's great. Um, I know many of our listeners are aware about adaptation and what it means, mm -hmm. but can you say a little bit of why it's so important for African countries to adapt to climate change? Thank you very much. Indeed, uh, African country, I think it's uh, the call to adapt to climate change indeed is very heightened especially looking at the risk in terms of the climate change that we are we are facing and we know that uh, even though if you look at africa in terms of the contribution of the greenhouse gases it's a minimal but much of the impact that uh, comes to climate change i think african countries the least developing countries i uh, think are, are failing the, the toll if you look at the increasing in terms of the frequency and intensity of the climate risks in Africa, uh, the increasing in temperatures, for instance, uh, the intensity and frequency in floods, particularly in the southern part of Africa, and also the, 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 the um, which is the storm surges in other parts of the country and the sea rising, uh, sea rising uh, levels which are f affecting the small island states part of Africa. And this we're seeing that the climate risk are increasing in frequency and they are not stopping. And uh, we look at an African country in terms of adaptation becomes very critical because we are quite vulnerable when it comes to the risks and the impact of climate change. So therefore adaptation becomes prime for us and African countries to ensure that we're developing uh, economies uh, that are resilient to the shock of climate change. Besides that, we're also developing livelihood that uh, are resilient to climate change. So it becomes critical for us so that we're ready to brace ourselves to the risks and the impact of, of climate change. So climate change adaptation, I think it's of prime importance for 
African countries. And if you check most of the NDC, the nations determine the contribution, which are the climate ambitions of most African country. The rationale in terms of the adaptation, I think it has been integrated and it has been emphasized because of those climate risks that we are facing as a, as, as a continent and uh, because of the fact that we are quite vulnerable and our vulnerability capacity is quite, is, is quite high and for us, uh, adaptation becomes critical for us. Tell us a little bit about the beautiful country Zambia. You know, I've only been three times, um, but I, I only stayed for short amounts of time. I've managed to see a little bit of Lusaka and mm. quite a bit of Livingston. I mean, I'm blown away. You have one of the natural wonders of the world. Mm. Um, but I really haven't traveled much, but I've heard from our partners on the ground about the impact of climate change on some communities, how it's really impacting their livelihoods and it's forcing, there's climate force migration. So people are moving exactly. away to more fertile soils. Could you tell us a little bit about more about the specific challenges that Zambia is facing? Okay, thank you very much. Indeed, yes, uh, as a country, yes, we are facing uh, increasing uh, frequency and intensity when it comes to the climate risks. And these are having a great toll, particularly on the local communities of our country. I would speak of, uh, if you look at um, Zambia, I would speak of in terms of the agroecological zones. Mm. The country is divided into ag three agroecological zones. We have the northern part, the, the uh, agroecological zone in the northern part, which is agroecological zone number one, where we um, it's characterized by high rainfall. It's yeah. near to the Congo Basin, mm -hmm. and we have uh, the agroecological region. Uh, Two, I think it's in the middle part of the eastern and southern part of uh, our country. It's dry. It's received rainfall in, the, um, in an area of 800 to 1,000 mm. millimeters. And then we've got the last agroecological zone, which is in the southern part of the country, most of the southern part of the country, in which we rarely receive rainfall of uh, more than 800 millimeters uh, per, per annum. So you find that especially in the southern part of our country, this is an area which is much prone to droughts. Mm -hmm. And um, it's much prone to droughts because the rainfall is not so much. And if you look at what's happening in terms of rainfall availability, they have been really affected. Mm. And this southern part of the country, this is where we find a lot of uh, farmers, uh, mm. farmers, and, and one of the staple food that they grow is uh, maize, yeah. it's a staple food, and also the pastoral farmers, uh, where we have a lot of uh, people that are keeping, keeping cattle. Mm -hmm. So you find that because of these risks that we are facing, you find that it has really affected in terms of the production of uh, maize production because of the frequent droughts in this region. Yeah. Just recently, I think in uh, 2021, we had the tropical Anna, which mm -hmm. really affected our, uh, the southern part of the country. Yeah. And it was, we find out that there are about 38 districts in the southern province of our country that were affected mm -hmm. by floods. Mm -hmm. So after having the onset of floods, it went into another phase, which was quite amazing, the dry spells. Yeah. So you find that in terms of the production of crops, is the people are, are affected. You find that because of the floods, certain services, uh, community services areas, the clinics, mm. the hospitals, 
in some areas we are cut off. So we are seeing this now increasing in frequency and uh, uh, and uh, we'll see that in terms of the economic um, uh, um, uh, economic importance of our country is agriculture. And agriculture has been identified as one of the areas that is uh, a climate-sensitive sector. Yeah. And we find that because of the droughts, it's impacting especially on the livelihood of people. But we also have an interesting case in the northern part of our country, mm. especially which is prone to much floods. Okay. Yes. I would speak of areas such as we've got um, uh, areas which are at Sparagov Islands in the mm. Lunga districts, yes, yes. yes. And in this area, if you look at in terms of the people that de that lives there, they depend for fish. They depend on fish for their yeah. livelihood. And uh, floods again that comes, it affects. It floods their their houseboats. Mm. And it becomes very difficult, especially during the rain season when we have a lot of floods mm -hmm. affecting and causing the displacement of, uh, of, of these people. So in terms of our country, it's quite a mix in terms of what we are facing when it yeah. comes to, 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 to climate change. Uh, when it comes to climate change risk af affecting our agricultural products, for instance. And also our tourism is also being affected because much of the tourist attractions yes. are found in the southern part of our country. Mm. And these are prone again, we've seen that of late, we've seen a lot of flooding uh, yes. coming through in this southern part, affecting the tourism because we find it becomes quite difficult to access yes. this tourist attraction and uh, the animals move away to uh, oh. the high island areas. So that affects again the tourism attraction of, of, of our country. So it's a maze in terms of um, uh, impacts as a country mm. that we are facing to in, in, when it comes to to climate change and uh, the livelihood of people. So uh, in a nutshell, I would say that um, much of the impact goes on the agricultural sector. Yes. Why, I'm, why am I saying on the agricultural sectors? Because we've got a lot of uh, uh, rural-based farmers, yes. which depends for for which depends on agriculture for their livelihood, and their agricultural system is is is, is a rain-fed characterized yes. system. They depend on rain to come. And then the challenges of the climate risks that we're having, the unreliable rainfall patterns, the drought is really having a toll on the local people and also on the local people for their, for their survival. So it's, it's quite a maze. And, the, and again, in the, if you look at Zambia, especially when we're talking about in the cities, the, we've, I think it's one of the countries in, in Africa you look at Southern Africa, it's one of the countries which, which is quietly urbanized and yes. uh, it's characterized by a lot of informal settlements. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this informal settlements, I would speak of our, you know, in our country, Lusaka, for instance, mm. when we have floods, these are the areas that are always affected. Mm. Why? Because we look at the characteristics in terms of these people are quite vulnerable, mm. quite vulnerable to their floods and in terms of the capital for them to have that resilience built is, is quite low. Mm. And the infrastructure that they built in these uh, informal settlements, they, are, they easily become washed away or they easily become affected because of the floods. So there are a lot of things that we can speak of in terms when it comes to climate change, which the country is really being affected of, yes. Yes, um, 
Thanks. You mentioned farmers. I understand that the majority of your farmers are smallholder farmers. Yes. And yes. many of them are women. Exactly. Um, so the vulnerabilities are even more layered. Exactly. Um, and so um, these challenges um, are, are impacting on them much greater. So how are you engaging with them on, first of all, understanding that they need to adapt and... Yeah. Are they are, are they coming on board? Are they are they finding new strategies, new coping strategies? Okay, that's a very good question. And when it comes to genders, I think um, um, yeah, you may not to know that as a country we have what we call the CC gap, the the climate change gender action uh, plan, okay. and this um, climate change gender action plan. It's a plan, it's a strategy which the country has developed, which now direct different sectors to integrate gender when it comes to developmental aspects in Wonderful. the country. So for instance, when you're talking about agriculture, you find that through the CC gap, the gender action, the climate change gender action plan, it has got strategies in terms of compelling various uh, uh, projects, various um, um, initiatives that are coming through to ensure that they are gender sensitive right so I think in terms of the starting point as a country I think that's where the the start point starts integrating mm -hmm. gender in development planning in the projects because of that piece of instrument that we have that guides in terms of what we should which we should do so uh, for last I think there are a lot in terms of what uh, is happening when it comes to gender mainstreaming because of that instrument and that has directed a lot of sectors uh, particularly in agriculture that all the programs that are being made are ensuring that there's that integration of gender disaggregation of gender mm. information and gender data in terms of how this project is addressing um, uh, issues of gender and i've seen a lot of projects that are coming up that are being being implemented by various um, mm organization, the NGOs, and also line ministries that are implementing aspects of, uh, aspect of uh, agricultural production, gender sensitization or gender integration mm -hmm. in these programs is really emphasized. So at least we are going in the right direction, though a lot needs to be done in that yes. regard. But the goodness is that we have a foundation in terms of the piece of instrument that directs in terms of programming that direct in terms of the strategies ensuring that we are ensuring that issues of gender are quite integrated into that and maybe to also speak to that uh, like what we developing the national uh, uh, national adaptation plan mm -hmm. which want we want to come up with um, priorities in terms of uh, adaptation options yes so this adaptation plan one of the things it's inged upon is to ensure that it is aligning itself with the the climate change gender action plan the CC okay. gap yes so it's being it's being developed under that foundation okay. so whatever what is going to happen particularly when like you've asked in terms of agriculture oh. all the programming that will come the adaptation option that will come in the agriculture sector that we're going to develop we are, make, we are making sure that we do a gender sensitization prioritization to ensure that we integrate gender in this our adaptation plan uh, besides the other um, uh, 
uh, activities that are also ensuring that the gender aspect is being integrated in whatever they're doing. I'm glad you're talking about the adaptation plans because that's what you're here doing this week. Yeah. And countries are showcasing what they've done, where they are. Yeah. I've seen a few posters. Um, one, of course, that always interests us is Bhutan yeah. because they've integrated the, the idea of happiness uh -huh. and well-being into yeah. everything that they do. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, where do you think uh, Zambia stands in its uh, development and preparation for a NAP yeah. in terms of where does it stand alongside the other countries in the region okay. and what are the things that you have learned from here that you will take back okay, thank to add? That's, that's, that's great. I think in Zambia we um at the we are we are having uh we are running a gender a NAP project uh which is a GCF funded project and um we envision it to end in 2023 mm -hmm. and uh, we are at the point we we have done the groundwork in terms of uh, uh, preparation on a uh, primary preparation when it comes to uh, adaptation planning uh, mm -hmm. technical guidelines mm -hmm. so we are now at the elementary preparation coming up with um, point we are at the point where we are now prioritizing the adaptation option for okay. our our NAP project so we uh, want to do sectoral approach where okay. we want to have various adaptation option that will feed into now the the national adaptation plan for for okay. country and um we as a country there are there are nine sectors that are being identified as critical for us i think there were also these are the sectors that have been identified in the vulnerability and risk assessment uh, yeah report a report in 2020 which was done by government in collaboration with uh, mm -hmm. UNDP and also the uh, 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 we, in collaboration with the UNDP and it has identified nine sectors to be okay. climate sensitive and uh, sectors include we have energy we have agriculture mm -hmm. one which is also critical tourism is in there we've got wildlife mm -hmm. we've got water we've got commerce and business and uh, we've got uh, also forestry in there and th these others. So we want to build now the adaptation option in this, okay. in this uh, various uh, sectors okay. that we, we've come up. So we at that point where we're doing uh, st stakeholders uh, engagement, right. so that at the end of the day, we, we, when we come up with adaptation option, it's now going to lead us to a point where now we will do now a resource mobilization plan right. coming up with the project that will be able now to come that that will be able now to finance the various projects yes. that we're going to identify into this uh various option that we we're doing alongside the the adaptation the prioritization of adaptation option that we're doing under our nap project is that there was also studies that have been commissioned alongside that because we've realized one of the things that we've realized into our national adaptation development is we need evidence-based yes. data that yes. will inform our NAP adaptation plan. And uh, as a country, one of the challenges that we've had is inadequate uh, information. Yes. Information is there. Yes. But 
it's it needs to be synthesized. Yes, yes. So we also commission studies where we are synthesizing our vulnerability assessment in yes. terms of the historical trends. Yes. Where we're doing a synthesis in terms of the economic analysis to our various sectors. There's also a study that is looking at the hydrology analysis. Yes. There's also another study that is also looking at the gender uh, sensitization in the various sectors that have been done. And all these studies, short studies, are going to inform the prioritization of adaptation option that we're doing. So we are at that point now where we are prioritizing, plus the other studies that have been commissioned to inform our national adaptation. And hopefully, come 2023, maybe we might, we're we, we hoping that we're going to have a national adaptation plan in place. But other process in terms of the layout groundwork in terms of when it comes to uh, adaptation planning has been done so that's where we are in terms of that and also we are also at the point uh, where we also developing the the monitoring and evaluation framework yes. we have reviewed our monitoring and evaluation system okay now we want to have a finalized and a comprehensive monitoring and evaluation so once we have the adaptation option in place we have the m and e framework in place that ensuring that we are monitoring our adaptation uh, quite comprehensively wow. so that's where we are now. that's fantastic that's a lot of work mm -hmm. and we at alliance for science are very excited to have exactly. new partnership partners with in in Zambia and to be working closely with you in the future and helping with that evidence um, sharing and Great. understanding yeah. and synthes synthesization and sensitization yeah, and also um, creating the pathway for dialogue with different stakeholders true. all of which helps ultimately in the resource exactly. mobilization because mm -hmm. then people know what the challenge is and how they can actually support you to get to where you want to get as a country and as a region as part of um, the southern Africa region. Um, my last question, thank you so much for your wonderful, clear and comprehensive answers. Uh, I wanted to touch on the fact that you have a ministry for green economy, economy. Yeah. which is wonderful. Um, it's not, it's, and and th there it, it has um, uh, issues of resilience, adaptation, mm -hmm. economic well-being, yeah. all mm -hmm. of those. And it's really important because um, I, I, I found out that Zambia um, supports a lot of the neighboring regions in terms mm -hmm. of food and a lot yeah. of countries like Congo depend yeah. Yeah. on the well-being of Zambia for their livelihoods. Yeah. So taking a business mind to mm -hmm. it um, yeah. and, and, and being clear about what the, how do you optimize benefits. That's important. So tell me a little bit about your ministry in yeah. terms of what drives it. Okay, the, our minister of what drives it. Uh, maybe probably this is a new ministry. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Um, it's a ministry of uh, green economy and environment. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it has been created by the, the new Don government that is coming in. Mm -hmm. And um, the beauty about this ministry is that uh, uh, it's a ministry that has been formed through realignment of uh, various departments. Mm -hmm. And uh, the departments that have been realigned are this department that have got a common focus when it comes to issues of uh, environment and also climate change. 
So in it, we have the um, we have the department that is looking at environmental management department mm -hmm. issues to do with issues of uh, pollution, water pollution, and others. And in it, we also have got the meteorological department that provide information services mm -hmm. when it comes to weather patterns, yes. when it comes to climate change and the projection and things mm -hmm. like that. So we've got the meteorological department in it. We've got also the Department of Green Economy and mm -hmm. Climate Change, mm -hmm. which was, uh, it was initially before that, it was uh, climate change and natural resources, but ah, they have okay. added now the green economy aspect of, okay. of, of, of it. And we also have in it um, the forest department that looks at natural resources in terms of the forest trees yes. and other ecosystems into it and we have these other statutory bodies such as the Zambia Environmental Management Agency which is uh, a body that is mandated to look at in terms of coordinating issues of uh, greenhouse gas monitoring yes. and uh, and other pollution monitoring and that and besides that we've got we've got also the biosafety authority yes. in it that looks in terms of aspect of GMO genetic yes, modified yes, organism yes. and these other things to ensure that we are trading at uh, a sustainable uh, sustainable yes. uh, food production so it's quite a, uh, an amazing ministry and one of the um, in terms of one of the um, its mandate as a ministry it's it's it's, it's all about conservation ensuring yes. that we're having conservation restoration of our natural resources yes. and also it, it it also the ministry that looks at the coordination and implementation of climate change in a country okay. across the across the country and also provision of the climate change information so that we okay. have a well-informed community especially when it comes to the climate risk when it comes to weather information yes. and, and 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 a lot of things and also ensuring that we're having a sustainable environmental management so it's quite an amazing ministry wow. as a new ministry but there's been an aspect of green economy that yes. has been that has been that has been added and um, uh, I, I can say that um, from this onset to say that the aspect of green economy I think it has got a high political will yeah, because um, the new government one of the things that they have they have noted is that green economy they have noted green economy to be the flagship of development of this yes. of this country so hence the creation of the the Ministry of Green Economy, which I think today a lot of eyes and especially in Zambia are trying to look and they're trying to understand how are we going to do, how are we going to, to, to glean our economy, yes. how is our economy going to be. So it's a ministry that has got a large mandate in terms of ensuring that we're fostering green growth in a, in a, in a, in a, in a country and a lot are being done to, to, to that to ensure that we're fostering the, 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 the green growth. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. So that's about, wow. in a nutshell, about the <laughs> Ministry of the Green Economy and Environment, what it's all about, wow. yes. There is so much happening in Zambia. Yeah. I'm astonished at how amazing um, the country is in terms of where you're situated mm -hmm. in, in all kinds of critical processes mm -hmm. for African development. Yeah. 
and yet it's not more closely with you on the ground to support the work that we're doing and we're we're very excited about this new government that yeah. is dynamic mm -hmm. and innovative and um, we, we, we just thank you for your 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 openness and your willingness to be part of our new podcast series thank you so much no thank you very much we really look uh, forward especially to to a cooperation uh, with uh, various partners because we know yeah. uh, for us to drive the green agenda and also the climate agenda we need a lot of co uh, cooperation yeah. we need a lot of cooperation from the technical advice yes. people, from the financial advice, yes. particularly your institution that is yeah. providing information when it comes to climate information, yes. which we really need in terms of informing our strategies, informing our approaches in terms of what we should do so that yes. we have that sustainable development, we have livelihood that are resilient, we all need a lot of cooperation from information, from finance resources. So it gives us much pressure, especially when we see that people are coming on board and trying to assist us and see how we, we, we cooperate. And we will come you with our open hands. And <laughs> we look for the fruitful thank collaboration. You, thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much God for being on you. this one podcast. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to the Science Allies podcast. If you enjoyed this, or if it sparked any questions, get in touch. You can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And please think about joining one of our communities. Follow the link in our show notes, and you can subscribe to our newsletter and other products. Don't forget to like and share these products too. See you next time.